Yes, here in Orlando, Angus Convention 2023 was a great success. And we had cattle producers from across the nation and even the world coming to learn about the latest and greatest innovations in the future of the Angus breed in the United States and the impact that it has not only here in America, but globally as well. And today we are catching up with some innovators in the industry. Our coverage throughout the convention was sponsored by our friends at IMI Global and Angus Link. And we're going to dive more into why these two entities are on the cutting edge of helping not only registered breeders, but commercial breeders alike and getting more of a profit, but also just having a little bit little bit better uh, uh, paper trail, we could call it here today. So uh, joining us here today as we discuss Angus Link uh, and also the collaboration with IMI Global, we're joined uh, by Troy Marshall, who heads up Angus Link for the association, Doug Stanton with IMI Global, and uh, and also from the producer end of things and board member for the American Angus Association, Mr. Daryl Stevenson joins us. And uh, uh, gentlemen, convention is up and rolling. We're, we're, we kind of have the trade show to our Self right now, but uh, um, uh, for you guys yourself, uh, Troy, I'll start with you. How how is convention going here this year? Tremendous attendance and follow through, and I think everyone there's just a sense of excitement about the Angus breed and where we're heading. And Doug, for yourself, what's it like being down here? I know you've been busy here yeah. this, this fall, yes. but uh, how are things down here in Orlando? Uh, it's been a great, great trip and a great convention so far, and uh, we really appreciate the opportunity of this collaboration. And it was good to be in front of the breed, the commercial and the breeders uh, down here and get in, talk to them one on one about the new collaboration. And Daryl, for yourself, a little more responsibilities being on the board, but what's it like to, you know, we had a few a few inches of snow uh, last week up in Montana, but what's it like being down here in Orlando with it's, all your family? I, I will admit it's nice to see a little Florida sunshine right now. It's a uh, it's significant, drastic difference in temperature change than what we had last week. So, um, well, to begin with, Lane, thank you for actually hosting this. This is exciting to spread our word as far as the convention. I can say nothing less than soaring optimism uh, across the industry. Uh, we've got really good attendance here, but more than anything, uh, membership engagement, great, great opportunity, as you know, to network and then and then learn. And we've got a lot of new things, uh, it, young programs going on and, and new pro programs rolling out. So it's critical for the membership to be involved. Well, and I mentioned innovation, um, obviously, uh, Ranchers have to be innovative to stay in business, keep those multi-generational uh, ranches going, or new uh, people to agriculture. Maybe it's first generation. Maybe they're looking at being a registered producer or just being more profitable in that commercial space. And uh, Angus Link is a program that has been around for a few years, but obviously there's some updates that have occurred to the program. And, uh, uh, you know, we talked yesterday with so many of the producers and leaders within American Angus Association. We, we, I was joking yesterday with John Sticko, a certified Angus beef, about those crazy ideas that came up back in the late 70s <laughs> to come up with certified Angus beef branded. What was viewed crazy is now a successful execution of the certified Angus beef brand that supports producers, supports demand for beef, uh, increases the demand from those commercial producers to want to have good quality genetics in their herds. And this is an extension, not of CAB, uh, let me be clear, but one of those opportunities. And so Troy, uh, for a person that hears Angus Link, link it link it to them. What what <laughs> What is Angus Link when you were talking to a registered breeder and then to one of those commercial breeders? 
Oh, that's a great question. And from a seed stock perspective, Angus Link is really a customer service tool. It gives them the opportunity to help their producers capture the value of those superior Angus genetics and the management they're putting into their cattle, and it helps build relationships with their customers. From a commercial standpoint, I think we've all been frustrated where the lower-end cattle have tended to be subsidized by the better cattle, and we just didn't have a way of really objectively describing the genetic merit in cattle. And so the Angus Link program is designed to describe those cattle in a way that we can actually reward the better genetics. And Doug, from your perspective, we'll, we'll talk, we'll expand more about the collaboration mm -hmm. between Angus Link and IMI, but let's just talk about IMI in the, the last few years that uh, they have really created more opportunities for that third party verification. But uh, for, for our audience members that maybe aren't familiar with IMI, okay. uh, let's maybe uh, share more about the sure, business. Sure, sure. Yeah. Uh, IMI Global, uh, we started our verification business in 2005, right after we lost access to Japan. And uh, the only way we we're going to get back into that market was source and age verification in the cattle under 20 months of age. So we were the first PVP process verified program under USDA AMS that uh, verified source and age uh, in the U.S. And since that time, we've added other uh, programs, the NHTC non-hormone treated cattle, um, our own verified natural beef program, a Never Ever 3. And then here in last three years or so, uh, we've added our CARE program, our beef care, uh, and CARE is an acronym in itself, and it stands for Community of Agriculturalists that Respect the Earth. And uh, we have that program launched, and we've had participants of, uh, it's our sustainability platform, follows the framework of the U.S. Roundtable, and uh, it uh, has been very successful for us. We've got close to a million head that have been enrolled since that uh, kicked off that program, and uh, it's been a, a great you know, as we talk about the collaboration, it's a great opportunity for Angus Link customers that didn't have access to that program um, in the past. Uh, now, as part of the collaboration, they do. So how important is it for that trust with consumers to, to real, through that third-party verification? How vital is that when, when we're talking about this program? And then just that trust also that producers have that this data is being handled in, in a manner that is their data and it's not, you know, it, it's their data. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we, confidentiality is always key to us um, and we protect that information for the producers. Uh, but third-party verification is essential um, for validation of of whatever trade it is that uh, the, the product is, uh, the claim is on the product. So we feel very strong that third-party verification is, is needed and the consumer's demanding it. Um, and no, so... I feel like that's where the collaboration has worked. And then, you know, then this program, just like it was in the past, um, is under a USDA process verified program. So you have another, you know, there's a third party overseeing us. So um, we have those, uh, that, that assurance for the producers. So, so Troy and Daryl, you can jump in too. When we came to this opportunity to collaborate uh, with IMI and Angus Link, what was that discussion like about really partnering with uh, with with one of these uh, businesses that already has trust from producers out there to to keep this program growing and get more cattle enrolled in it? Yeah, you know, from our perspective, I think we were looking to 
gain critical mass and get uh, broader use in the industry. And IMI was recognized as a leader in verification services. And so it was a natural collaboration that worked out. There's just a lot of synergy when you consider that the Angus Association is recognized on the genetic front. And what excited me maybe as much as anything, it allowed us to focus on what we do best. And that's verify Angus genetics and verify genetic merited feeder cattle. And then we utilized IMI skills and reputation, you know, on the PVP side of things. And so uh, we talk about it, we kind of put each of us in our own lane again, where we really needed to be and, and combined it's two plus two equals five. And Daryl, actually, uh, another uh, question popped into my head there. Obviously, the Angus link came from producers discussing how we can make more profitability for uh, seed stock producers and those commercial producers. I guess what was that like? I guess what were the uh, when, when when the concept of Angus Link was first getting uh, brought up? Uh, talk about the process that it takes to bring an idea up, convince people that you know this is going to work, and have <laughs> have your whiteboard of how we do it. Because uh, I I think we we talk about these programs, but I I don't think sometimes we fully understand how much work thought, input, criticism, constructive criticism, go into rolling out a program like this? Uh, to your answer, it's a very complex answer on that. <laughs> and uh, I think your starting points on, on initially was how to help the producers to actually capture more value on the genetics that they've invested in. Uh, but I'll fast forward actually to, to, to today's marketplace, I think this is the, the prime example that we can talk about. So from a producer's perspective, I'll, I'll go to the next step, and that's the feedlot level. In, in a marketplace uh, uh, that has risen so sharply, that is doing so well, these feeders are living on thin margins. And, and I can honestly say from personal conversations that uh, uh, these feedlots want cattle that will not only compete, but will aim for the two premiums in the industry. And that's either prime or certified Angus beef. So kind of for the first time in history, uh, feedlots, feedlots are learning to understand genetics a lot better. And uh, just like commercial producers, they want to have the opportunity to be able to purchase and own predictable genetics. And, th and that's the key to this. And so it did start from the uh uh, the producer perspective, uh, but at the in the long run, in, in today's market, it's this is actually being driven from the feedlot end, uh, so that there creates more value for every segment along the way. So I guess how, how was that process though? Talking with your peers in the industry and all all, all the folks that had input in crafting uh, what is now Angus. Well, there's always going to be doubt. Uh, new ideas um, are are difficult to understand, and uptake is slow to begin with, actually. Uh, but this is, uh, I'm so proud of the Angus breed and membership because these guys are progressive and they engaged and it was slow. I mean, our, our uptake has been slow, uh, but Troy just really outlined uh, the collaboration in us stepping uh, up to work with IMI. I, I think we both wanted to go to the next level and this, this actually allowed us to offer these services uh, nationwide and, and the, uh, the, the growth that we saw this summer is is more than proof. The metrics on how many extra lots uh, that were being sold, and then I'm sure Troy's going to get into the value differences, is is significant. Well, yeah, we can just go off of that. Yeah, I was just going to follow up with Daryl's point. 
not only out of the feeder seeing the value of genetics from a profitability standpoint, but really from a risk mitigation standpoint <laughs> in this marketplace too. Especially with how expensive these calves are, <laughs> yeah, yeah, which yeah, is like, good for yeah. a calf guy like yeah, me. But yeah, yeah. Yeah. you don't want to make a mistake. <laughs> yeah. When you're making a two thousand dollar investment, you want to know what you're investing in. Yeah, that's exactly right. So, but, but uh, I and going with that, uh, I guess did did feedlots have a little input on, on this program too? Feeders. Well, very much so from mostly the standpoint of they really helped design what the profitability drivers are for their segment of the business. And mm -hmm. when we look at that, our genetic merit scorecard is really oriented towards the feeders and those terminal traits. So it's carcass weight, it's post-weaning growth, it's feed efficiency, dry matter intake, and of course, as Daryl referred to, it's marbling and quality grade as well yep. there too. But uh, how those cattle perform in the feed yard and then how those cattle do when they're actually hung up from a carcass merit standpoint as well. Well, I do want to talk about that genetic uh, uh, merit scorecard, but I, I do just want to take a quick commercial break, and we are going to uh, just take a, hear a few words from our sponsors of our convention coverage, which, of course, is both IMI Global and Angus Link from this year's convention. But first, these words from IMI Global. There's no question in my mind that third-party verification is important. It's being verified by someone other than me. And it just gives some confidence to the consumers that we are indeed doing what we say we do. People want the documentation. They want to know what you're doing. They want to know where at the food they're eating, where it came from. By verifying and documenting and having transparency that they can move forward and it's a third party that's telling that story, it's to everybody's benefit. Well, again, we could not bring you this coverage without our, our friends at IMI and Angus Link. And that's what we're talking about here today is more opportunities for uh, producers on both the seed stock end of things and also on the commercial level as well. And uh, the Angus Link program is that center of discussion here today. And uh, Troy, we, we were just discussing that uh, genetic merit scorecard. All right. I previewed that a little bit. For our friends that aren't familiar with this, how vital is this to not only Angus Lake, but the future of the livestock business, in your opinion? Well, I think it's critical that we have an ability to describe the genetics at the feeder calf level. We've always struggled with that. And uh, the genetic merit scorecard just kind of fills that role. I, I would compare it to EPDs with bulls. Um, today, we really wouldn't think of buying a bull without EPDs. And and I think in five, 10 years, maybe that's a little mm -hmm. aggressive, but hopefully that point, I don't think so. <laughs> um, that uh, most of the feeder cattle will sell with some sort of genetic descriptor like the genetic merit scorecard. And that's all it does. It gives the feeder an idea of what those mm -hmm. cattle will do from a feedlot performance, carcass merit standpoint, and gives them an objective, reliable way to know the genetic merit of those cattle. So Lane, if I can assist along with that, not only you have that option in what Troy just mentioned, and then with role, uh, IMI's expertise, and you come along with any additional, uh, they're going to say bells and whistles at, at the sale yard or the video sale, but it's any PVP. But then in addition to that as well, there is an option for Angus Verified. Oh. Yeah. And Angus verified is the validation that they actually descend from registered Angus bulls. And there is a big difference here. And I, I, I do want to take a moment to actually mention a couple months ago to you that for the first time in history, that 71% of the, the harvested national cow herd this year, 71% of all harvested cattle were black this year. That is a big deal. The year that Sarah and I were married, 
almost 30 years ago, that was 35, 36%. It's more than doubled in 30 years. Well, why that's significant is they're not all Angus. They're black. And these feed yards, and to this discussion, no longer want to buy just black cattle. They want to be able to sort through this sea of black cattle, and they want the genetic descriptor, descriptors and predictability, which is more than validated through the GMS scores, Angus verified, and then with the PVPs that come along with it. I, I think from our standpoint, the, they go hand in hand. Because one, if you verify that the genetics and that there are out of registered Angus bulls, that that's step one. But then step two is, you know, the breed, the buyers and feed yards, they don't understand EPDs. Uh, and, you know, they aren't going to look at all the registration of those bulls and say, oh, yeah, I know what that is. So they need some kind of number. They need some kind of uh, number to go off of and be able to compare it. Uh, lot A to lot B. And uh, I think that the two go hand in hand and and you can't really do one without the other. And I've been really excited just looking at the premium for Angus Verified, um, irrespective of the scorecard, that sort of Feeders are looking for those cattle that are sired, and it just gives them that added level of confidence in terms of what they're buying. And talk about the validity of the data. I mean, the background, the third-party validation that we've got on these scores is for real, and these feedlots are are starting to actually respect that. Yeah. Obviously, when something's new, everyone said, this sounds good, but I want to see how it works in real life. And and we've been able to uh, capture data on over a little over 128,000 head now that had the genetic merit scorecard. And I uh, wish I had the graphic I could show you back here, but it's actually really exciting. It does a tremendous job of predicting the performance of those cattle. It just lines up like a beautiful little graph as the score goes higher, you know, marbling goes up, quality grade, et cetera. So uh, the feeders are really starting to feel some comfort level with those numbers. Um, and not surprisingly, we know uh, EPD's work and our national genetic evaluation, the main of the rate of progress we've made in these genetics over the last 10 years is phenomenal. So when we look at how we capture this data, let's walk through the process for a producer that is, is listening or watching this conversation. How do they start to participate in, in Angus Link or uh, Angus Verified? Uh, what is that process like? Um, is it hard? Is it easy? What do they have to do? Well, to start with, they we're the ones administering the program. So they would reach out to us, and uh, we would look at uh, – we have an application process, um, and then we'd look at what programs they want to be involved in. And if they select Angus, a link, and then GMS, then we'll pass that on to the association, and uh, they will go through the process like they have for years and validate that information uh, and then send it – and then communicate back and forth if we need any additional follow-up. Uh, and then we'll take that back to the customer. So we're the kind of we're the conduit uh, of that verification process um, with the customer directly. Um, and then uh, then the scores go out and the certificate goes out and uh, with any other verification that they had bundled with. Uh, the base program for this is source and age validation. We're, we want to do that, and that's the base program. And then with an EID for traceability. And from there, uh, the genetic merit scorecard and the GMS are no additional fee. So we, we've worked with it and felt like we can, when we get this program off the ground, we want to get it moving. And uh, so we're not charging any additional fee for that, that process and, and for that uh, administration of that pro uh, program. It's, Lane, it's a very simple process. Yeah. He, he just outlined it perfectly. And if you don't already have an established 
uh, communication with IMI, then go to your seed stock producer, your regional field man from the Angus Association, or through your marketing agency. If you're working with a video sale or a stockyard barn, they're going to have those contacts. And that is yep. the first step of it, but it's it's not complicated. And they go through the process, and it's, it's relatively painless. First time through, there's a learning curve maybe, but after that, uh, you'll, you'll realize the value. Yeah. And from the Angus Link side, essentially all you need is your herd bull battery with the registration numbers. And, you know, we'll walk you through the rest of that too. But in terms of really preparing beforehand, if you have that, we can get you started on the Angus yep. Link program. And agent source verification really starts with just having the starting calving date and the ending calving date and some records there. So it's a pretty simple process. Is there a preferred time of the year when a producer that, if this is their first time ever maybe dipping their toe in any type of this type of uh, work, is there a best time of the year to do this or, or can it be any time? Well, I guess it depends on the marketing, um, where they're going. If, you know, probably the most popular way that uh, our customers uh, participate in these value-added programs is through the video sales. And so that's traditional. The big video sales are in the summer. So if they, you know, once they have, really, once they've, uh, if they're spring calving, once they have those calving dates done and first calf and last calf um, and have that done at least first, and then we can get started at that point and then get done uh, prior to the sale because we want them to have everything done and have the scores and everything so that we can put it into the sale catalog and represent those cattle uh, for what they are. And um, so... You know, a good 30 days prior to the marketing date, I guess, would be a, a good starting point. And I'd throw ideally minimum 30 days. You know, the farther <laughs> out you have where uh, we'd love to have that information in our hands two to three weeks prior to marketing so we can do some things from a marketing standpoint and getting the yep. word out as well. And um, always earlier better in terms of <laughs> yeah, that yeah. you're in the cattle business man <laughs> yeah, i know i understand, I know. I understand. I know. and this isn't typical historical marketing where you just throw yourself out there and hope your calves sell because when you enroll in this system we have a lot of people following this and so that uh that assistance of our marketing what imi works with what angus link i mean it brings to the table a whole pool of buyers that yeah. want this predictability for the PVPs and the genetic merit scorecard as well. Yep. So what has that been like, Daryl, maybe a, a producer that comes to one of your bull sales and, you know, purchases bulls and, and maybe they saw, you know, either the Stevenson Angus, you know, little logo on the video sale, but also maybe Angus Verified or Angus Link up there. And they're like, what, what is this? I guess, what has that conversation been like since you can be a conduit to help producers? Because I know you, it, you don't just sell a bull, run through the ring, put them on a trailer and deliver them. You work with producers uh, to help create a good, strong foundation uh, for, for their herds. So I guess, what, what, what is that like now working with them and saying, you know what, there, there's more of an opportunity to make a profit through participating in a program like Angus Link? Awesome question. Um, the, I'm gonna give you maybe a different answer than you expected. Current customers, I like to think that I, I, I keep in good enough communication that they're educated and we're bringing them along all the way. It's, a, it's new customers. It's actually a couple of new guys that uh, weren't qualifying for Angus Verified and they wanted to and they came and, and, and their questions were, how do we get here? And then when you started talking about their, the, the, their basic needs on a genetic program, well, then they started to realize, well, yeah, this isn't only for my own good, but this is for the next step as well. 
And the whole system, the whole collaboration between actually all of us with uh, Angus Link IMI and the seed stock producer, I guess if I could summarize it, 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 it would be about confidence, predictability and confidence. And in this marketplace today, I, I don't know if I've ever actually witnessed as much seller confidence as much as I've seen buyer confidence. And the buyer confidence is only here because if you're just buying generic black cattle or off colored cattle, there's a lack of, there's risk out there. And, and that's, in my opinion, the predictability and confidence that we all, this collaboration brings to the table. Well, what are some tips that you would all share with a producer that's maybe trying to rebuild right now after drought? And they're trying to, obviously they need to make as much money as possible if, if they've reduced the size of their herd. Maybe they sold off their herd and just leased out their grass. I know a lot of folks that were in that boat over the last few years and it's really painful. <laughs> when you're seeing these prices, but we can't control the weather, but obviously the weather's helping these prices right now. We, we have that, we have that relationship, of course, with the weather and, and the marketplace. But I, I guess what, what are your tips for producers when they're looking at trying to buy Angus influence cattle that can qualify for these, if they're rebuilding or restarting our first generation out there? Well, I'm obviously biased where you're interviewing me <laughs> who I am. At an Angus convention, no less. <laughs> yeah. But, I'll just summarize it down to the core basic economic factors. And I don't, I don't need to, to defend my breed or who I am. Let's look at the economic factors throughout the beef industry. This cow herd is gonna rebuild from Angus genetics. And on, on the other end, the consumer base driven by certified Angus beef is going to want to sell Angus genetics. And this is the genetic program, the conduit that, that links us together from the production standpoint to the feedlot to the packer that services CAB and the retail end. And I would kind of follow up with that. I think we're in a time of historically strong demand and historically tight supplies. And as we build back, we're also in a time where genetics have never been worse as much as they are. And we've never seen the market differentiate value based on those genetics and overall as much as we've seen in the past. So I, I think the opportunity for a young producer going forward, um, and you know right now everything's bringing pretty good prices. We're, we're seeing price spreads, but we're seeing good prices. As we go into the next cycle, so this cattle cycle, and we will eventually, um, I think you will really start to see that differentiation yep. increase based on the quality of the cattle. It'll get wider as there's more, more data available. Um, They'll look at it from that standpoint. And I would encourage, you know, somebody building and coming in. They said, look at the value-added programs. Maybe you haven't done it before. Do a little documentation. And uh, it doesn't take a lot in order to get uh, started. Um, but I think it will be uh, a wider spread as we go. And it and will continue as more information is available to buyers. Build back better with Angus Link. That could there, be your next slogan. There, there you go. Oh, that, yeah. that is pretty good. It's really good. I need to go trademark that. Yeah. Right He's going to expect a commission. Yeah. <laughs> Don't blow him up too much. We have a maternal component that might go in there. Yeah. Hey, well, I want to continue to, to discuss, uh, obviously, Angus Link and how producers can participate. And I also want to touch on uh, sustainability uh, with the IMI. But uh, I do want to take a quick commercial break to give our guests a, a quick water break. But uh, we will take an opportunity to learn more about uh, sustainability in the cattle industry and how that can also be profitable for you as well. More to come here on the road with our conversation from Angus Convention 2023 here in Orlando. We've been told not to judge a book by its cover. 
The same could be said for your cattle. With more black cattle on the market today, wouldn't it be great to capture the extra value you've added to your herd? Angus Link makes cattle stand out. Enrolling in Angus Verified is an objective, reliable way to describe the genetic potential for your cattle, and it signals to buyers yours are different than the rest. The Genetic Merit Scorecard draws on the industry's largest database to evaluate calf genetics and predict performance potential from weaning to the packing plant with real-world data. Claim your competitive edge with Angus Verified and the Genetic Merit Scorecard. Two programs under one Angus Link. We're talking about opportunities for cattle producers this week here at Angus Convention 2023 in Orlando. Topic of conversation is, of course, Angus Link and the opportunity it's providing producers to just see more profitability out in the countryside. Again, we're joined by uh, Doug Stanton with IMI Global, Troy Marshall with Angus Link and from Stevenson Angus and member of the Board of Directors of the American Angus Association, Daryl Stevenson, here today. And uh, gentlemen, as, uh, as we continue our conversation about Angus Link and just all the different opportunities producers have to diversify, look at programs a little differently and and really put profitability uh, back on the mind. Uh, uh, Doug, IMI, of course, has been working with uh, the livestock industry for so many years uh, for third-party verification, but obviously there's been so much discussion around sustainability uh, with consumers, uh, and and, uh, that is not only here in the United States, but abroad as well. Uh, What are some of the sustainability conversations or programs that uh, IMI focuses on and has created over the years? The one we focus on is uh, our care program, um, our beef care, and uh, we uh, that program was started. Um, you know, we felt like there was a need in the industry. The consumer was giving us that direction. Uh, there's a lot of companies out there have made pledges uh, to their stockholders and to uh, the consumer that they're going to be carbon neutral by 2050. They're going to do this by 2030. And those kind of pledges and and so it's time for them to be involved and and so the consumer is going to hold them accountable and uh, so we felt like it was time to get into sustainability and we looked at what was out there and the, you know uh, there's a lot of definitions for sustainability uh, both at the ranch level and and throughout the system uh, but uh, we felt like the U.S. Roundtable for Sustainable Beef had a good platform there was a you know there's NGOs on that that committee on that board and members uh, from all facets of the beef industry. So we felt like that was a good place to start. And so we used um, the parameters that they have um, and we uh, presented it to them and they recognized that it met their framework. And then we launched the program in January uh, three and a half years ago. Uh, so um, it centers around animal care. Um, you know, animal welfare was uh, in the eye of the consumer, uh, but 10 years ago, that's kind of when that started. But they want more now. They, in, in addition to animal welfare, they also want to know how were the cattle raised, where were they raised, how was the producer, the caretaker of that land, keeping that land ongoing and regenerative. Um, and then also, you know, what's, what's the involvement of those workers the animal operation, the, the help there, how are they being rewarded, how are they compensated? Um, 
And at a family ranch operation, you know, that one, <laughs> there's a lot of, <laughs> there's a lot of re you, you get chuckles when you ask yeah, that question yeah. when, um, at the ranch level, but uh, especially a family ranch. But, you know, as ranches get larger and consolidation and uh, that gets to be more important. So the, the three categories or pillars we call them is animal care, environmental stewardship, and then people and community involvement. Um, and we feel like that's the scope and, and uh, that's how we feel like the consumer can feel like sustainability, we're meeting what they're demanding. And so we've launched the program. Uh, we're getting close to a million head in the ca in the program now. Uh, around 900 ranches throughout the country, and I think 38 states. Last time we counted, so uh, it's doing well uh, from the building the supply chain. I mean, you got to build a supply chain first, and you know. And when we launched the program, we didn't have any uh, customer. Uh, but our producers that were already involved with us uh, took that leap of faith. And uh, they enrolled and believed in us, and now we're building that supply chain. Uh, we have two programs out there now that are, we're getting some uptake of care um, in addition to other things. One program is around Angus Genetics uh, with 44 Farms in the Prime Pursuits program. Um, they're looking at care um, for their supply chain. They have... Uh, they work with Walmart, and Walmart's got one of those pledges that uh, that they have to fulfill to their stockholders and to the consumer customer. So uh, that's going to help address it for them. And then uh, Tyson has a program also that uh, they've launched that uh, CARE is involved with. So um, we feel excited about the collaboration uh, in that we've got that we, the Angus producers now can, this is going to be a unique uh, claim for them. Um, they've been used to before with Angus Link, they could participate in Source and Age and NHTC and Natural, but they didn't have exposure to um, an opportunity to be involved in a sustainability platform. And so what we feel like with this new partnership of the collaboration, it gives the opportunity for the Angus Link customers that had participated in Source and Age and NHTC and Natural before under Angus Link, now they have the opportunity to also be uh, involved with a sustainability platform. Um, and which we feel will provide additional um, premiums in the marketplace. We're seeing that now starting to develop, and we'll, we think that will continue and, uh, as we grow the program. Well, again, it's all about having opportunities for producers, and uh, if they're not there, well, it, it's not great. When we're looking at diversifying or finding a niche market or just uh, different ways to, to provide a product to a consumer that just wants to know a little more about uh, how it's raised, as you mentioned. So thanks for sharing more on that, and, of course, our friends can uh, visit IMI and, and get in touch with uh, with the team there if, if, for more on the on the care program itself. But uh, I know we got a busy busy few days and hours left here at Angus Convention, so I don't want to hold you all up too much longer. It's it, we're we're taping this early in the morning. At least it's not you're not trying to get to the open bar or anything at this point. <laughs> but uh, you, you know, I, I, uh, earlier you did uh, mention before we started our conversation, there's uh, more opportunities uh, on that maternal trait. Obviously, <laughs> out in the countryside, we, we know what cows all the, we, we understand the maternal nature of a cow, and uh, we appreciate uh, those cows so much, and producers uh, like having maternal traits. We, we know that, but uh, having the ability to really uh, score that is also uh, an opportunity that is being discussed right now. Is that right, Troy? Yeah, yeah. As you know, the foundational strength of the Angus breed is that mama cow. 
and uh, she always will be. And from a rancher's perspective, that maternal influence is uh, that's the factory, and it drives the equation. And so we're excited uh, as we go into this expansion phase. We are going to be adding a fourth component to that scorecard. Uh, maternal in number uh, that will help those guys characterize uh, their replacement females, bred females in the marketplace as well. So we're really excited about that. Uh, sometime after the first year, we'll be adding um, maternal kind of scorecard uh, to help those producers looking for the female or maternal side of the equation. And the beautiful thing about that, Lane, is uh, uh, what, we've, what we've labeled uh, common currency with these uh, genomic merit scorecard, we currently have the terminal indexes for group sets of data uh, with grid feedlot performance and total beef value. But in adding the maternal component, you can take all three or gonna be four indexes on the genomic merit scorecards, group sets of commercial cattle, and it can directly be uh, enhanced or your, your bull selection, it's, it's it, the language talks to each other. And so if you want to improve a specific trait, you come back to the American Ang Association EPD data set. And uh, for the first time in history, then you can uh, assist in those mating decisions, not only on individuals, but to affect that group data as well. So it's uh, um, our best outreach that we can do for the commercial industry and, and assist uh, with creating more value all along the way. Well, again, the exciting opportunities in the business and uh, some may call it a brave new world, but uh, you, you have to be innovative. You have to think about things just a little bit differently. And uh, who would have thought 70, 80 years ago when every single ranch ran other type of bulls uh, back in the day? It, it, you know, uh, I'm, I'm not running down any breed or anything like that, but it's amazing how things can change, but how things can also be sustained uh, through profitability, through that uh, maternal trait in your cow herd and just being able to stay in business and, uh, and, and be a part of agriculture because that's all we want to do, right? That, that's why I always joke. That's why I talk for a living so I can own a few cows. But uh, uh, gentlemen, any last thoughts you just want to share with our friends that are tuning into this conversation today or maybe how they can get in touch or just want to share some wisdom here today? Daryl, I don't want to give you a full open mic on, on that, but uh, just, just any thoughts that you guys would like to share with our friends? General, today? general dis uh, discussion all through the summer. There's been a lot of questions surrounding what, what we brought to the table today, and I can't thank you enough for this opportunity to help share and educate our platform. Uh, it's not only video reps, but commercial customers. My only request is in, engage the Angus breed. Uh, visit your, your seed stock producers and learn more. Just ask questions, and we're here to help. We are the business breed, and we're setting up to create value along every, every segment of the system. Yeah, just to follow up with that, I'm very excited about the future of the breed. I think we have a lot of momentum in the marketplace where we're really differentiating these cattle and giving producers the opportunity to capture the value of their management genetics like never before. And uh, I'm excited that the Angus Link program, I think is gonna play a vital role in that. And uh, just encourage everyone to reach out to us and IMI. Uh, we'd love to work with you and help you get started down that road. Yep. And you know, we feel like uh, when we were looking at this collaboration that uh, you know, Angus is leading the leads the, the they are the business breed. They they were going to create a collaboration with someone 
we felt like they're the right people to do it. And so we're excited about the opportunity and uh, what precipitation, you know, participation we've done in the growth. Uh, it's been an, it's been a joint effort. Um, and uh, I think the numbers are 300% over where they were a year ago. So it's been, been very good for both of us. And uh, we we're excited about the opportunity and uh, ready to move forward. And the, just contact us at our office or go to our website and uh, get in touch with us or through the Angus Association either way, and we'll get them started. Uh, now, one of the big questions that I have to ask is, what is your favorite Disney World ride? <laughs> the teacups for you, Daryl? Are you a teacups guy? You don't know any of the rides? Yeah. I don't either. I don't either. I don't either. You're more of a Pirates Harry Potter. Caribbean. Pirate, I was going to say that. I love Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, Troy, you're more of probably a Harry Potter fan, so you want to go to Universal Studios, <laughs> right? Universal. A little okay. bit of wand. Is that what you want? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, Doug, Doug likes the water slides at the water park. Yeah, there, there, there you go. Yeah. You won't. We're not gonna have time. For that. <laughs> did, going to did, did, you, did you guys see at least see Mickey and Minnie walking? Actually, I, was I, did, I did. I did not. From a you, distance, I did. I did not see that. But do you know who was in the hotel lobby last night? Shaquille O'Neal. No way. Kevin Arnson got a picture of him. My mom got a picture of him. He was going to the Magic game last night. Really, yeah. big man. And then and then we had the the Marine Ball was here. Yes. Too. Uh, my son serves in the Army. He talked to an officer, and, he, and uh, the Marine officer said, this is the most American event I've ever been to. we got Marines and cowboy hats. We need to get everybody together. <laughs> yeah. The one night that I say, I'm going to behave and go to bed early, Shaq's in the lobby. Yeah. 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 And I did. I behaved. I went to bed last night. But, uh, folks, thanks for joining us here on the video as well but and on our audio platforms. But I just want to thank all three of you for uh, joining us here today, having this conversation. And again, for more information on Angus Link and to learn more about the program itself, just visit angus.org and learn more about this opportunity. With that, friends, we appreciate you joining us here today as we have more conversations on the road from Angus Convention 2023 in Orlando. For the Western Ag Network, I'm Lane Nordlund. We'll catch you next time. Mm -hmm.